you never know what's going to be inside one of those minions. <laughs> I love it. I searched far and wide for something that in 10 seconds or less would really represent the Bible control, or excuse me, the Bible Poison Control Center really well. And I thought, what better to represent and kick it off than a minion? Because those things were just, they're like Oreo cookies. There's always something inside a minion. And uh, so let me just be the first to welcome you to the Bible Poison Control Center, or as we here at the center like to call it, the BPCC. Uh, Like any good poison control center, Here at the BPCC, we like to help people. That's why we're here. As most poison control centers, people call after they've accidentally ingested something or purposefully, depending on their mood. Uh, They've taken it. The reality is sometimes it's too late when they call a poison control center. But here at the BPCC, we are prepared to help you escape the poisons of the world. That's why we're here before you ingest them. You'll appreciate this later. That's what we're going to be doing over the next four weeks. You're going to come here to the Bible Poison Control Center, and we will help you recover from the poisons in your life before they get in. See, we're like preventive maintenance for poison control. We started with Soul Toxin Series, and it focused on behaviors and emotions. And our studies here at the BPCC are going to be focused on the influences that are in our lives. And what our researchers have discovered here over the coming weeks is that we will be talking about things like mood poisoning, germ warfare, radioactive relationships, moldy religion, and we'll be rounding out the month with how we can be made new in Christ. So whether you're listening online or here with us today, you don't want to miss a Sunday over the next four weeks because it only gets better from here. Will you pray with me? Father God, thank you for today. I thank you that That we can come here, as I said earlier, that we can fellowship, that we can worship, that we can enjoy the company of of fellow believers. But most of all, I thank you that we can open up your word. We can see how it applies to our lives. And Lord, I pray that you'll just set aside anything that's going to separate us from you right now. And uh, help us to, to be able to walk out of here and live effectively for you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. (coughs) Excuse me. Do you realize, and this is a big shocker because some of you aren't even thinking about this, there are only 114 days left until Christmas. (laughs) Hey, listen, it's never too early to start thinking about Christmas. Am I right, kids? I mean, the birth of our Savior, the time off work, time with family, purchasing gifts, giving gifts, getting gifts, and then paying for the gifts. Yeah, purchasing and paying are sometimes two different things, I know. Today, I want to get you ready for Christmas. Are you going to get ready for Christmas? I'm not talking about lights and decoration. I want to tell you some things, some free advice from our research team here at the BPCC. And this will help you avoid the poison of materialism because it is just around the corner. We're going to help you to purge the false promises that come with this poison as we approach Christmas. Because here's some realities for you. Most of what we get for Christmas will be broken by January 1. Most of it won't fit by February 1. And most of you will still be paying for it on August 1. (laughs) Today's goal for your visit to the Bible Poison Control Center is to help you get rid of that mood poisoning, specifically the mood poisoning that comes from the false promises of materialism. You see, the reality is most of us, this trend starts in December. We pay for it in January. Then we buy some jewelry and flowers and chocolate in February. Husbands, if we're smart. 
Then there's birthday gifts for everybody we know in March, April, and May. Then there's June and July, school's out, and we're sending our kids to band camp, football camp, church camp, and any other camp that somebody creates that where kids need to go to. I almost forgot we have a family vacation crammed in there somewhere in August. Then it's back to school shopping for clothes and books and school supplies. That carries us up through September. Wait a minute. Now it's October, Halloween, costumes, candy, fall decorations for uh, Thanksgiving, not to forget a turkey in November. And then we do it all over again starting in December. Well, no wonder you're here at the BPCC today. You folks are poisoned by materialism. You have come to the right place. You guys look awful, though, I got to tell you. I can see the effects of your poisoning from here. The, the concerned eyes, the scowled faces. Stop looking around. That's not to look at your neighbor. You have worry lines on your foreheads. Listen, there's a newsflash for you. We don't have to live this way. I know you may think everyone lives this way. It's what the TV tells us. It's what the radio tells us. It's what the internet tells us. Get this, buy that. You need this. Don't forget, for a great Christmas, every kid needs this. I can't wait to see what that is this year that every kid under 12 must have. People will fight over it on Black Friday, whatever it is. Every kid needs it. The list, it just goes on and on. Our mood is poisoned by the materialism and the change, and our mood for materialism and that poisoning changes just as quick as this coffee when I pour it into this glass. We study a lot of things at the BPCC. Can't believe I just wasted a cup of coffee. You see, our culture oozes with toxic materialism. And there's a lying spirit in our culture that, that masses the, the more money and, and, and better things are the only two tickets we need for admission to life that we desire. You see, that's the goal of our world because that's the mood poisoning that we get. But Paul writes in Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, and I'm going to hit these real quick so you want to write them down. I want to challenge you to look at them this week. Paul writes in Philippians 3, verses 1 through 10, he tells us the goal of life should be like this. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things again is no trouble to me, and it is a safeguard for you. Beware of the dogs. Beware of the evil workers. Beware of the false circumcision. For we are the true circumcision who worship in the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Verse 4, he says, Although I myself might have confidence even in the flesh, if anyone else has a mind to put confidence in the flesh, I far more circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to the righteousness which is in the law, found blameless. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish so that I may gain Christ and may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. Verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. You see, Paul was a victim of mood poisoning. 
at one point. And he realized it. He says in verse 5, I was circumcised on the eighth day of the nation of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to the righteousness which is in the law, found blameless. He's calling himself out here. He had it all. He was known. He was respected even in certain circles and he was feared in others. He was working in the law and it almost cost him his soul just before he met God. And see, we are like Paul was, not like he is now. We are like he was. Uh, We're kind of like smokers, enjoying a cigarette, knowing (laughs) knowing that each puff damages our lungs, knowing that many of us are still willing to inhale the toxic lies of materialism, just like a cigarette. But the problem is we're doing that at the expense of our souls, not just our, our souls, but our soul's health and also our effectiveness for the Christians or for Christ in this world. That's what Paul was doing when he was living the law, when he was out persecuting Christians. He, he was right by the law, but he was wrong by so many other things. He was suffering from mood poisoning. You see, instead of living with substance and strength, we ingest the lies of materialism and we suffer from that same mood poisoning. But here at the BPCC, after years of research and through much experimenting and process and sciencey things that are far too complicated for you all to understand, we have discovered that in fact, when you gain the world, you can lose your soul. We found there's one cure for that. You know, maybe instead of spending all this money on research and equipment, we should have just read Mark chapter 8, starting with verse 34. And he summoned the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. What does it profit a man to gain the world, the whole world, and forfeit his soul? For what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation... The Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Yes, indeed. What will a man exchange for his soul? What are you willing to give up to follow Christ? Will you let go of that brass ring that you're holding on to? Will you leave behind some things, some material things even, in order to follow Christ? You see, without even realizing it, most of us today are making a bad trade. We're making a very bad trade. It seems that we're willing to exchange the truth of God for the lies of the world. We've begun to worship and serve created things rather than the creator who should be praised forever. Why would we make that trade? Why would we give up eternal blessings for temporary passing ones? We're in the business of making short-term decisions that have long-term consequences. Don't believe me? Who bought a car in the last year? Short-term decision, long-term consequences. Kind of like buying gifts in December and then paying for them the rest of the year. You see, living for the moment, and we forget about the future. Luke 12, 13 says this. Someone in the crowd said to him, talking to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who appointed me a judge or arbitrator over you? 
Then he said to them, beware and be on your guard against every form of greed. For not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. Okay, here's a man who is standing before Jesus. And he recognizes that Jesus is someone out of the ordinary. And he says to Jesus, he, say, he wants him to settle this dispute, this disagreement about, about money, about inheritance. That's a short-term decision. But instead, Jesus tells him, I'm not your judge, but I can tell you this. Verse 16, Jesus says, he tells him a parable. The land of a rich man was very productive. And he began reasoning to himself, saying, what shall I do since I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, this is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Take your ease, eat drink and be merry. But God said to him, you fool this very night, your soul is required of you. And now who will own what you have prepared? So is the man who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. And he said to his disciples, for this reason, I say to you, do not worry about your life as to what you will eat, nor your body as to what you will put on for life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap. They have no storeroom, no barn, and yet God feeds them. How much more valuable you are than the birds. And which of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? If then you cannot do even a very little thing, why do you worry about other matters? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. But I tell you, not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these But if God so clothes the grass in the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, how much more will he clothe you, you men of little faith? And do not seek what you will eat and what you will drink and do not keep worrying for all these things. The nations of the world eagerly seek, but your father knows what you need, that you need these things. But seek his kingdom and these things will be added to you. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to charity. Make yourselves money belts which do not wear out. An unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes nor moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Where's your treasure? Where's where's your treasure? Is it in your things or is it in your heart? You see, there's only one cure for the mood poisoning that is materialism. That cure is Jesus Christ. Everything I've just read, all these different scriptures come back to one thing. The cure for that mood poisoning is Jesus Christ. Are you like Paul used to be? Were you once set on the law? Well, I'm doing these things. It's what the law requires. Uh, maybe, Maybe for you... You work on the holy checklist. Oh, Sunday school, check. Church, check. Sing songs, check. Write check to give money, check. Take communion, check. Serve in the community. I'll skip that one because nobody will really know. There's a lot of people. Midweek study, check. Read the Bible sometimes, check. See, all these good things. 
they can become moldy when we don't do them with our hearts wide open for God. Paul was doing what he thought was right. He was out persecuting Christians because he was following the law. And God had to open him wide open to things like love and grace and compassion and forgiveness. Whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish so that I may gain Christ. Can you say that? Can you say, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord and Savior? Are you willing to suffer the loss of all things and count them rubbish so that you can gain Christ? Have you ever truly lost everything? Have you ever truly lost everything? Have you ever truly been without? I mean, really without. I don't mean like out of milk for a few days. I mean, without anything at all. Most of us have been without some things, but we still have a roof over our heads. We still have a friend to give us a ride. We still have people to pray with, a shoulder to cry on. We still have those things. You know, if if you suffered the loss of all things and they weren't to be replaced by insurance, would you be able to count them as rubbish? Would you just say, it was just trash in order to gain Christ. I want to close out today sharing with you this true story. Um, we have a missionary we support. His name is Bill Crandall. And his son-in-law, Andy, was in an accident a while back. And, and it was a pretty bad accident. And, and Andy and his wife, who was Bill's daughter, actually were doing missionary work in Russia. And Andy has had to travel in and out of Russia to get medical treatments for, as a result of the accident that he had. As he's traveling in and out to get this medical help, on his last return uh, as he came into Russia, he was told he wasn't allowed back in the country. He and his wife Jennifer have three kids. Coincidentally, uh, Shortly after they told Andy he wasn't allowed back in the country, they told Jennifer and the kids that they had 15 days to leave Russia. Now, the real kick is Andy can't even come in to help his wife pack up to leave. Jennifer went to the immigration office. She signed deportation papers this last week for herself. The reason they gave, they said the original visa via the university where they studied language was in error. So she had to get a temporary in-transit visa to be able to leave the country of Russia. She also purchased tickets, and they'll be flying out September 9th. Everything they have. The good news is there's no rush to move or sell the household items because rent is paid for until next August. There's a possibility for some single ladies from their church to house-sit which will help them and also help Andy and Jennifer. Um, Jennifer has a lot of help from her church family right now, more than she knows what to do with. Praise God for his family. And also, there's money to cover the costs at this point. Let me paint the picture a little differently for you. Here's this young couple 
who took their family, and they left everything here. They left all the good things of America. They left all their stuff behind, and they went to start a new life serving the Lord in Russia. They acquired things while they were there, and now they're leaving all of those things behind. Because when it really came down to it for Andy and Jennifer, they knew that their call to go serve in Russia was more than the things they owned here in America. They counted those as rubbish so they could go and do what God's called them to do. And now they're there and they're serving and they're being asked to leave the country and leave behind all their stuff. Because I don't know about you, but I couldn't pack up the house with my whole family, let alone Jennifer and three kids packing up. Not to mention you can only take two bags and a carry-on for each person. You're not going to get a lot of your possessions on a plane. They left behind everything to start serving in Russia. They acquired. Now they're leaving things behind again. Here's their testimony. This is what speaks to me about their story. And especially in this series of materialism and, and mood poisoning is this. As of right now, there's money to cover all their costs to this point. That's huge. And and we're sitting here today wondering about material issues in our lives. Let me tell you something. You can't just pick up and move out of Russia in 15 days by yourself with three kids. But you can leave it behind and some single ladies from the church can stay there and take care of it. And it's going to bless them. And you. Birds and daisies indeed. If your father's going to care for the things like birds and grass, daisies in the fields, how much more does he love you? The cure for this mood poisoning is Jesus Christ. The question is, do you want the cure? See, because when you when you drink one of these things and then you call the the poison control center and you say, I just drink Caladryl, they're going to say, Why? But they can fix that. Chances are you want what they have to offer. And you could say, I want to be healed from this mood poisoning and materialism. But really, do you want the cure or do you want the stuff? Do you want Jesus bad enough to get rid of the material things that separate you from him or that separate you from your family? I once had somebody tell me the worst thing he ever did was create a man cave. It's the trendy thing. He said it was the worst thing he ever did. It almost cost him his family. He said this great room where he went so he could decompress and spend time. And he found out he was was ignoring his family. Those material things. We're going to come to a response time here in just a second. And the choice is really simple. And, And I'm not here to to patronize Andy and and his family and what they're going through, I do want you to pray for them because I can't imagine having to do that. It's it's one thing to take your time and move out of a situation like that. It's another thing to be told you've got 15 days to leave the country. But I love to see how how God is providing for them that some of the issues that Andy has medically, they're being taken care of. They have the money saved up to do what they need to do. They have the money to do what they need to do right now. And God's providing on so many different levels. And I, my prayer is that, that he will continue to, to work through Andy and Jennifer as they leave Russia. And, and that what they leave behind with their church and their family there will just amaze the people in that community.
But we all have a choice. And it's a simple choice to make. Christ said, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. The response is yours. If that requires baptism for you, the water's ready. Maybe for you, it means it's time to join the ACC family, partner with us as we serve in our community. Maybe you need prayer and a time to refocus. The elders are here. Whatever your response is to God's words today, don't hesitate. Don't wait, just just respond. Don't, don't be pushed out of something in order to trust that God is going to provide. Run headlong into whatever plan he has for you and know that he is there. That's what battles the mood poisoning of materialism. And we can make better plans because Jesus Christ is the cure. And that's what we know. Will you stand and sing with us today? It's been great to worship with you all today, but as we go this week, I want you to think about this. We will never discover lasting happiness and significance and security in the temporary things of this world because we weren't made to live a temporary life. That's why we should lower our expectations of earth because earth is not heaven. It was never meant to be. So no new car, new house, new furniture, kitchen, clothes, new hair, new babies, new vacations, new jobs, new income, new spouse, or new anything will ever satisfy us. Because we were not made for the things of this world. Walk away from the mood-poisoning materialism this week and know that you are blessed. Have a great week.